Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Simple Theology Podcast, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane. And I am Rick Roblick. Yes, you As are. As always. Today, we are talking about the money. Money, 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 money. Yes, we are diving into what is tithing and offerings and how much is required today, how much is in the Old Testament, how much now, all of that good stuff. Yeah. If you can't give money, should you give a goat? Mm. Actually, we don't talk about that. But we do get into like just the ethics of it and the difficulty of churches and how money is weird. But it's important to give to the local church. Not that we don't give to other places, but our priority is the local church. Yes. So enjoy today's conversation, guys. We hope it's fun. Show me the money. Show me the money. A little louder. Mm. Say it like you mean it. Say it like you mean it. Show me the money. $20,000. <laughs> How much are you going to win here? <laughs> family feed. Or not, yeah, it's family feed, right? I think so. $20,000. <laughs> Every time they answer, they walk away with like 400 <laughs> And they're like pumped about it. Exactly. Um, so maybe this isn't the most apt title i kind of think it is but it's in reference to i love it the movie jerry Maguire, which is uh a, it's got some content i was gonna say you're gonna recommend jerry Maguire um, on the air no i'm just saying like there's some scenes that you need to really not watch i've never seen it yeah and i was going to see it and then i, I use imdb the parents yeah, guy I know, I know and i was like oh there's some stuff yes like maybe i'm not gonna watch it right now yeah and um Yes, I'd agree. What, what IMDb needs to do is they need to put the timestamps as to when exactly. those things come up. Mm. So, you know, like, all right, we're, we're 43 here. minutes in, yes. 16 seconds. Idea. We're going to fast forward here. Million dollar idea. Make it happen. Um, show Rob Just the money. Just send me a check, IMDb. I gave you the idea. <laughs> anyway, so we're talking about tithes and offerings today, um, which we're excited about, right? Yeah, because risk. That's church plants. We need to get that jet. <laughs> So we need those ties and offerings coming in. Our bills. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, we um, as uh, church planters, as pastors, we do as for me. I'm I'm vocational, so I get my paycheck from our church because it's uh, large enough. Not that it's large, but there's enough people to kind of do that and support that. Um, and we have some other streams of funding as well, but primarily it's our people faithfully giving. And yeah. uh, I was surprised we haven't really talked about like done a whole episode on this, but. It's just money an topic. is like a little bit of a taboo thing. It is. It is. So I, I'm also in the throes of church planting. Rick's further along than I am, but I, I am not. I, I haven't been paid a dollar for doing it, and we have some. <laughs> I haven't been paid a dime. I haven't been paid a blood nickel. <laughs> uh, but I, my hope is that our church will be able to support a full time pastor, which I want. I want to be that guy. At that point. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, some church plants. You have to you have to specify that some church plants plant, and they're like we're we want to have a guy, but somebody kind of leads the plant, but they don't actually want to be the yeah the yeah. lead guy, and so which is fine. Uh, my desire is to be a full time pastor, mm-hmm. and so as we plant this church, that's my desire, and ultimately it's a good thing because yes. I mean we, we'll get into kind of like some verses here, but it's good to have somebody full time dedicated mm-hmm. to shepherding the flock. Yes. That is not possible 
if there are not tithes and offerings. Yes, and and I would say that that the primary reason the church gives tithe, or gives offerings is not so that you can have yeah, a pastor. Absolutely. Good distinction. Um, but because that's what the Lord has called us to. So if you've yep. been around the church world long enough, you've kind of heard the similar things like, hey, um, the standard is 10%. 10% of your annual income. Um, that's what get technical, means. Like gross annual income. Not, yeah. not after taxes. Come on. Trust the Lord for more. But you know, they always say, hey, 10% is a good place to start. You know, Give more if you can, but it's always 10%. Um, you hear things like you can't outgive God. Right, so so give because you can't out give God or the kind of like the legalistic. Hey, the Bible says to give ten percent, so you need to give ten percent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have like the church leaders in the back, like calculating everyone's annual income, kind of guessing. He's a doctor, you know. He's a construction worker. Okay, is what you know. I'm sure that stuff happens. But anyway, those are some of the things you hear, and we want to talk a little bit about what's the Bible say about giving um, tithes and offering. How should we think about that? Um, and you know. Is it a right thing to do? Like, why should I give my money to these people who are, like, buying, you know, like, why am I paying that guy's salary? Yeah. I mean, we talked about this a little bit. Like, why am I paying that guy's salary? Well, it is it is biblical to support him. Um, yeah. It's also, that's the function of the church. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said, just to reiterate that the primary reason we give is because we're called to give. Yeah. Where that where those funds go is to support the ministry. And so whether that is having, if the body sees it fit to have a, a full-time shepherd or maybe a part-time shepherd, or maybe they're like, you know what? We don't want to pay the guy. We, we're fine not being, we just want to put the money towards missions or we want to mm-hmm. put the money towards something else. I mean, ultimately the money is for the ministry. Right. And, and if that's so, what the church, like, exactly. There's, right? The elders yeah. in the church, that's wonderful. Exactly. So here's the question, Rick. Yes. Um, us being under the new covenant, Mm-hmm. There is always the debate as to, do we still tithe? And if we do, is it still 10%? So first, um, is tithing bi- biblical, which we've kind of talked about that. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, we would agree with that. But are we still at 10%? How do we do that? I mean, I know in the Old Testament, if, if right. people have said that typically, if you think through, if you go through all the things, it ended up being like 23 and a third mm-hmm. um, percent Yeah, is what they would give. And so tithe word that word means 10 percent mm-hmm. so is that is that where we are should we 23 and a third should we have some other number help, help the listeners understand yeah well if you are in the one percent you should be giving <laughs> no you should be giving 40 percent 40 percent for uh 60 percent to the government and uh 40 percent <laughs> yeah exactly uh, no so one thing clarification tithe is the old testament word so yeah I, so we don't give tithes we give offerings i mean mm. it's used interchangeably so i get that that's culture hey tithes and offerings i'm not yep. getting nitpicky but just for clarification because we're not under the law um which the 10 percent in several areas but deuteronomy 14 22 says each year you are to set aside a tenth of all the produce grown in your fields and the rest of that passage goes on talking about how you're to eat it in the temple and give glory to the lord there's a process for that well, we're not under the old covenant, so we don't give tithes technically. We don't give just 10%. We give offerings. Uh, we give to the Lord. But we see even in Luke where this idea of with the Pharisees and this 10%, Luke eleven forty two says, But woe to you, Pharisees! You give a tenth of mint or rue and every kind of herb, and you bypass justice and love for God. These things you should have done without neglecting the other. 
So Jesus is saying, like, we're still under the old covenant at this point. Hey, like, you're faithfully giving your 10%, so you're you're checking that box, but your heart is hard and, and, and separate. And that's what the new covenant is like. Hey, we're not making this a law that you can just check that box and then allow your heart to just do whatever it wants. So it's not mandatory, and it's not 10%, but we are to give um, with the, what we're able to, uh, what we have, like, resources to give. So if you're not making ends meet you're you're hustling you're trying you're not hustling but you're working hard um ethically <laughs> you're hustling people <laughs> and you're just, your hustle isn't working this yeah, week exactly no. if you're working hard you're, you're doing your best and you just don't have that 10 percent, or maybe you don't have anything to give like that's okay you can still be grateful for what the lord has given you you should if you're able to you should be sacrificing you know so you can't say ah man i just only made a tithe but you're spending 80 dollars a month on cable Hmm. Like you, that's no. You have money to tithe, right? Yeah. Or I don't have money to tithe, but you're spending a hundred bucks a month eating out. Like you do have money to tithe. Yeah. Um. So, and I'm not trying to be legalistic. It's just it's it's a matter of the heart. Um. So we need to be careful that of what we what we do there. So I'm going to read a passage though. Um. It's a long passage out of Second Corinthians, and Paul is writing to the church, and this has to do with the the heart and the attitude of giving. It says. The, uh, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctant or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for your sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others, while they long for you and pray for you. Because of the surpassing grace of God upon you, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Amen. So here, the, Paul's writing the church in Corinth and saying, listen, the church in Jerusalem is in great need. And we know because of the context of more of this passage, the church in Corinth has said, hey, we're going to help out. And, and Paul's just reminding them like what that's going to do. A, you're not going to go without Right, so you might suffer, you might face hardship, but God has ultimately met all of your needs in Christ. Um, you you'll be just fine. He's, and He's not saying like, "Hey, you're gonna be like, you know." He's not. This isn't the prosperity gospel where, "Hey, if you give, like your paycheck next month will be massive." He's not promising any of that. He's simply saying your obedience is going to point to Christ. It's going to encourage those local believers in their belief in Christ and to give glory to the Lord. So be faithful to this, and God will meet all of your needs. So so he's encouraging the church to think well about giving. Give sacrificially. 
give when it hurts, keep giving. Um, and there's this, this verse in there that you hear quoted a lot. It says, God loves a cheerful giver, right? So yeah. don't give out of like this, like, man, I just got to give to the church. Or, hey, I, I want to go to heaven, so I got to give to the church. This idea of cheerful giving. Give for God's glory, for his goodness. Um, because God has given you all things. Your salvation. That's this passage in Second uh, Corinthians talks. God has already supplied all of your needs. He's given you eternal salvation. He's, he's um, offering you an eternal home. He's met all those things. So how could you not just graciously, generously give him, uh, give in return, and for his glory and for our good. Yeah, really, really good stuff there. Now, now, there's often the argument of, okay, I'll give to ministry. Like, sure, I'm, I see the biblical mandate to give offerings. I see the way that it's, it's a privilege to come alongside what God is doing. Mm-hmm. And, and ultimately, the world doesn't run on dreams and rainbows. Like right, in you order need to some money. yeah, you need some money to to do the work of ministry. Well, I mean, you don't. Yeah, if you're gonna I, I if you're gonna you're like like China, right? There's not a whole lot of like big churches. Like the Lord uses that. Yeah, but in our context, this isn't wrong. We have buildings. We're able to gather. This is what the early church did in Jerusalem. They they gathered. You know, this is why they pulled a lot of their resources. Like yeah, they they contributed because they needed money to buy food and yeah, to, money resources or yeah. whatever your context. But what about those who would say, okay, I'm going to give. I see all this. I agree. There's a missionary that I, w- I would rather give my 10% or my 12% or my 23% or my 8%, whatever, to mm-hmm. because I really believe in what they're doing. I know them personally. I don't really right. know how all the money's going to be used at the church. I've seen other churches abuse it. I would just rather give to this missionary or give to um, maybe like crew or navigators, yeah. athletes in action, whatever. I would rather mm-hmm. give to this other ministry or this other individual who's doing ministry than give to the church. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I get that argument. I, I mean, I've heard it a lot and I understand it. Like, hey, I know this person. I know they're like, I mean, there's like direct act, like results because of my giving. Like they're living in this place. We're helping fund them. And so there's some real tangible things, which a byproduct of that, not necessarily right um, or wrong could build pride, but you're just saying, "Hey, look, look what I'm helping do, right?" It's a more clear connection. Whereas with the church, like it's putting this money with all this yeah. other money. Church has to pay for websites. Right. Has to pay. So, for... And that's the the hard part is, you know, here I'm giving this this person's living in you know the Middle East, and I'm seeing them do the Lord's work where I give it to the church, and they're wanting to like, you know, they're wanting to spend ten thousand dollars on this this new like VBS thing, and they're wanting to spend money on this new like the new fixtures for lighting, whatever. And so people look at that and I get that. And they, they're like, I'm just gonna give it to the missionary. I'm gonna give it to the parachurch organization. Um, and I would just say that's, that's not the best th- theology or thought of, of how the Lord works. He has designed the local church. So that is the bride of Christ um, as amazing and wonderful and awesome as parachurch ministries are so the crews or yeah. the you know billy graham association whatever that's not the bride of christ that's not the church so if we want to see the church grow in its health and be good stewards like we do have to fund uh, people's salaries we do have to you know fund either renting a building or owning a facility or whatever like those things do have to happen but we believe in that because that's the those are um resources for the bride of christ yeah Whereas 
you know, for, for missionaries or whatever, paratroop stuff. Hopefully, the church is then going to then fund those things as exactly. well. Exactly. So the church is like, hey, as a church, we believe in the advancement of the kingdom and to see the gospel taken to all nations. So as a church, we're going to make a priority to, to send missionaries. So when I give to the, our church, it's like, okay, I know that part of that money will send out missionaries and will also send out, you know, be used for a local ministry. And um, we trust the local church for that. Now, if you're in a context where your church is just not stewarding well, the money. That's a difficult thing. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like in that situation, you, you want to have a, a conversation with leadership. You, you do. And maybe, I mean, depending on the severity of it, maybe mm-hmm. that's no longer a church that you want to attend. And by not attending, you're no right. longer going to be supporting it financially. But you should be giving to a church that you trust. Yes. Yeah. So that's what I was going to say. If, if you're in a situation where you're like, you know what? I don't quite trust these people with my money. But I'm going to go ahead and trust him with my soul to yeah. shepherd me. Uh-huh. Like, understand what you're doing there. You're saying, I don't believe they're they're really being wise in how they're shepherding God's money. But here, brothers, sisters, go ahead and shepherd my soul. Yeah. Oh, that's a good word. Yeah. Like, that's like, well, what are you doing there? Yeah. Like, either submit I mean, I haven't thought and of it that way. be respectful or if it's if it's if that's not possible, then yeah, you need to find a place where you do trust them. And this is the thing with money in churches. People get like, you know. With churches, like you have to have so many protocols with who's counting the money and what they're offering and who's handling it, you know. So they'll let they'll have you know bylaws and all this stuff, and you'll have these annual meetings, and ninety percent of it is about money. Um, but then they'll allow people to teach, or they'll bring people in. You know, it's like you don't even know these people, or what? What are they? You have such a high priority on the right being above reproach with your money. Or what's going to happen? Or what's getting the what's getting the you know what's the surplus going towards? You guys aren't just passionate about like our evangelism or you know our theology. No one's you know bringing up like hey you said this thing in this sermon six months ago like you know it's just always almost always about money, which is a an indicator of the health of the church. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, absolutely it is. So with that, Rick, we we kind of pull this idea mm-hmm. of giving mm-hmm. uh, from scripture. Yes. And you can say that. we're big fans oh, of scripture. scripture. And in particular, we're big fans of the Christian Standard Bible, a particular translation of scripture. Guys, we love... That's, that's not the sponsor of the show notes. Oh, I see, I see what you wrote. But yeah. we're actually going with Christian Standard Bible. <laughs> okay, so I wrote the, the show notes for this episode. <laughs> I'm going to do this. Okay, you no, take it away. You, okay, you so, can do it. So Rick, <laughs> we're going to have to give like another 60 seconds to <laughs> Christian Standard Bible here. But Rick, under the sponsor section of these notes said, sponsor, uh, colon, whatever else Rob could be doing right now, <laughs> making hipster coffee, buying more hipster glasses, <laughs> hand carving his wood mantle out of a tree he just chopped down. <laughs> Guys, I live in town. Uh, like, I, I'm not chopping trees. I'm not doing any whittling. No, and, but in a, in a real sense, though, like, you could say a sponsor of this podcast is all the other things we could be doing. Guys, if, we're not if doing you those are things. a coffee mogul out there, if you have access to essentially an unlimited supply of coffee beans we would love if you sponsored us my goodness if we could have some good coffee that would be incredible so if you're out there and you're listening this is for you um but yes (laughs) for today yes our our sponsor who we love is the christian standard bible we love the christian standard bible because of their translation philosophy of being optimally equivalent 
optimal equivalence. Mm. So essentially what they're saying is we want to be as faithful to the to the original text while also being readable for today's language. Mm-hmm. So they do a great job of finding that sweet spot. No translation is is absolutely perfect, but we can say that God's word is perfect and so we want to we want to be able to read and understand God's word as best as possible and the Christian Standard Bible is is currently our translation of choice. Mm-hmm. They've done a phenomenal job. It's a, it's a great, very readable, very faithful, very accurate uh, translation of Scripture. And we would encourage you to head over to Instagram, follow them at christianstandardbible.com, and then go pick up a copy for yourself. They just came out with their 2020 updated text where they've adjusted a couple things just to make it more clear. And, and we right now are both holding our mm. Christian Standard Bible that is a verse-by-verse Bible, and it's beautiful. We love it. It's, I mean, it's so clear. So we did an episode reviewing it, but man, um, great Bible, great translation of Scripture, really helps make God's Word um, easily understandable, which <clears throat> ultimately the Word cannot take root in our life if we don't understand it. Rick. Yes. Were you about to look something up? I already did. Are you going to share it, or is it just for your own personal devotion time while we're recording? <laughs> Either way. <laughs> You're just reading it. You're talking about CSB. I'm like, man, I just want to read it. Well, I just want to read it. What, what were you reading? You want to share uh, that no, with us? Yeah. So, in the back to the topic about tithing, offering, giving, um, there's always this tension about finances in the church and who's giving. And you know, there's the eighty twenty rule usually applies to church finances, where twenty percent of the church funds eighty percent of the church ministry. Um, and so those people naturally get two votes at members' meetings. Right, yes. Yeah. And they have a, a, a placard on the pew mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. No, but we do, we can tend to, to show them more favoritism, right? Yeah. They're, they're funding, they're helping, you know, write your paycheck and all that stuff. Um, but James chapter 2 deals with this. It says, verse 1, My brothers and sisters, do not show favoritism as you hold on to the faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. For if someone comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and dressed in fine clothes, and a poor person dressed in filthy clothes also comes in, if you look with favor on the one wearing the fine clothes, and you say, sit here in a good place, and yet you say to the poor person, stand over there or sit here on the floor by my footstool, haven't you made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Clear, clear condemnation for or, or um, word from from James. Like, do not show favoritism. Just because someone has more wealth, because someone is funding more of the operations of the of the church organization, does not mean you get to show them more favoritism. Yeah, amen. And if you're one of those people who God has blessed you and you're faithfully giving, maybe above ten percent, or maybe you make a lot in ten percent, and that just goes a long way for the church. You are also acting wrong if you think, well, I'm a big giver. I like they need to hear me out. Yeah. Like they like well they should hear you, out, but you, you don't have any kind of higher standing than the person who isn't able to give at this point, or they're giving next to nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they're actually according to the, the the parable of Jesus and the widow's mite. Like they might be actually giving more than you are because they're sacrificing more for their what they're giving. Yeah. So we do not want to show favoritism. Um, regarding finances in, in the church. That's a bad, that's anti-scripture, that's making the priority um, a power struggle, right? That's wrong. Uh, 
Yeah, amen. The other Good tension word. we see is among like the leaders, the elders and pastors, and the congregants. So who has the final say on the budget? Um, who can direct where money can go? All those things and that. That just is a tension. Because you have people here, let's say elders, and maybe hopefully you have a plurality of elders, and a couple of them might be on staff. Um, I'm not saying this is like good or bad. There's usually a general like principle of wisdom, like have more elders who are not on staff than yeah. on staff. Yep. I was just having a conversation um, with somebody about this. So that's a good principle. It doesn't mean it's you know law or anything, but uh, there's going to be tension between the, those who are involved in the regular runnings of the church compared to the congregation who doesn't know, you know, how much does it cost to pay our, our gas bill or to get the grass cut or, or whatever with where does the money go? And this is where elders and pastors, leaders, whatever capacity who are, who are over those things, you need to be very humble with your people and very gracious with them. Yeah. Um, you don't, however, they shouldn't be, or, and I'll speak to the congregation, congregants, you need to be very humble impatient with your leaders and trust them if you cannot trust people with them simply the money if you don't trust your leaders with the money don't trust them with your souls yeah right so trust them now there could be issues they're they're humans they make mistakes and that's why as a congregation you need to gather you need to talk about where our money's going what are we doing with our resources have those conversations but the most the more open-handed you can be about these things not necessarily like, hey, we're open-handed, just make whatever decision you want. But the more you can be open-handed about the conversations, you know, it's like in, even in, the, in a marriage or whatever, or a relationship, the more you can just talk about it, the easier it is to have the hard conversation. If you never talk about money, never yeah. talk about the salaries, never talk about those things, then if something comes up and you need to talk about those things, it's really, really difficult. Whereas if you're more upfront, like, hey, this is where we're at, this is our budget, this is where the money's going, if you have thoughts, let me know, you know. It just it, it calms everyone's nerves. No mm-hmm. one's hiding anything. No one's like you know being weird about it. It's all transparent. So, yeah, but that's a that's a hard dynamic to to, to work with though. Yeah, and in closing, just just one of the things that as we as a church plant are trying to figure this out, we just rolled out tithing um, or offerings, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that would encourage all church leaders. Did you ask everyone to give like forty percent? Minimum. <laughs> Listen, this is like a, a country club, okay? If you yeah. want to be a part of this thing. Yeah, exactly. There's a buy-in If you fee. want to be a citizen, <laughs> a citizen's church, you give 40%. You can... <laughs> Hang it there. It's like it's like uh, Paul and his Roman citizenship when uh, he was before, not Felix, but one of the, he's like, one of them. he's like, yeah, he's like, I had to buy my, my citizenship. <laughs> That's a 40% uh, giving? Yeah. Um, but no, would encourage leaders to be as transparent as possible. Yeah. Just be proactive in letting people know, like, this is where the money goes. There are churches that were, if you're a member, and this member, a member has access to yeah. this, not necessarily anyone who walks through the right. doors. Members have access to Good this. clarification. Um, like, they can even see what the pastor's salary is, or what pa- different pastors or different staff people, what they are being paid. Some churches yeah. go that far to say, like, yeah. we want to be as transparent as stinking possible, so you guys trust us. And and that's what we kind of want to strive towards. Some people just say percentage. That's fine, too. Just just be transparent. Yeah. Show people where the money is going so that you can be ahead of the curve, so people you can be above reproach, so people don't ask, well, where did that go? Right. It seems like we're spending a lot of money on buying resources or buying Bibles or getting nice 
website, right. whatever it is. Right. Like you, you can fill in the blank with whatever. Just be as transparent as possible so that should a member ask, you can say, brother, sister, mm-hmm. here it is. Mm-hmm. Like want to ease your fears. Here it is where we actually have this prepared so you can see it. it so is. that would be yeah. my word of encouragement as we close. Mm, that's good. Well, um, show us the money. We have talked at nauseum about the prosperity gospel. So yeah. if you have some thoughts, please go to, to simpletheology.org and look up the episode on the prosperity gospel. Um, we do believe that right steward, the right stewarding of our finances um, is very important with just the right stewarding of everything the Lord has given us. And we need to be wise about that and give great care to those things. But we love hearing from you guys. If you have a comment or a question, or even if you have a, a topic idea, please let us know. You can head over to our website, which I just said, simpletheology.org. We're also on Instagram at simpletheologypod. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash simpletheology. You can also use the just uh, social media hashtag simpletheologypod to connect with us. You can email us at info at simpletheology.org. And as always, give us a call. You call this number. Call 614-233-1098. You call that, Rob will pick up. You guys can have a long conversation. (laughs) No, but leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Take care. Peace. Peace.